Hello and welcome to Cult Classic Society, the podcast where I, Bobby Davies, and my good buddy Tim Martini Hello. go through all the films, the television, the games, the books, the comic books you love, we love. We're all going to have a nice little chat about them. How are you, Timothy? I'm doing really good. The summer weather is still not improving, <laughs> but we're going to fight through it and we're going to just keep going on this podcast because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounded is... very sarcastic as I said it. No, I genuinely mean it. I love doing this, man. If you, it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do love doing this podcast. Uh, this time round, we're going to look at Detectorists, the BBC One. I'm going to say it, hit comedy. Written, created, starring Mackenzie Crook. Also starring the awesome Toby Jones. I love Toby Jones. Everything he touches, he's just brilliant at. He also won a Best Male Performance in a Comedy BAFTA for this. I can see why. Series 3 won a Best Comedy Award. Yeah, I mean, this is just awesome. Mackenzie Crook wrote this because he is a detectorist in real life. Oh. It's one of his hobbies. And apparently his character in this, Andy, appears in a game called Lake, which I have not played and not heard of, but... Yeah, I would say I never heard of that, but... Cool. Cool. That's how... But, you know, one of the characters appeared in a video game. That's cool, right? From my limited research of this... Yeah. I mean, I glanced at a Wikipedia page just like... (laughs) Make sure I set up the right show. This was originally BBC Four, and it got bumped up to BBC One. Yeah, and the replayed o- as well. Yeah. The, the only other show I recall going from like digital to analog from the world of BBC was Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, that was uh, BBC Three, right? Yeah, BBC Three to BBC Two. So to go from four to one, that's for our American listeners. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but. That is a massive deal in the world of TV because not many like people who use BBC even venture to BBC so, Four. So to kind of explain it, BBC Four is kind of niche, often documentaries. They would sometimes kind of show the stuff. old Doctor yeah. Who's on there, yeah. so it's almost like the death zone for like sitcoms and stuff. It's almost like considered that. the more highbrow channel, but that yeah. isn't a place where you'd send a sitcom. No, no, you BBC well, Three. BBC Three <laughs> would be because that's where shows like Russell Howard's Good News got to start. They got moved yeah. to like um, BBC Two. Same with as we just said, Gavin and Stacey. Torchwood was on there as well. Yeah. So it's very like, it's where they put their more experimental stuff. So for that jump, that is a big deal. It's like, it's like moving out of the death zone on cable TV is the best way to pull it from the 11 p.m. slot to like the primetime slot. I think that's yeah, the best way it's, to it's insane. It. I don't even know like how you can describe why it is. It's, we're obviously going to get into it. There's something so beautifully understated about this comedy. It's really intelligent. It's but the characters are realistic. It's yeah. it's great, and I think anyone who has been watching along will see why it did so well. It's... I would I would imagine so, yeah. So we're gonna start series one, episode one, uh, in the quiet, idyllic British countryside. We got Andy played by Mackenzie Crook, and Lance played by Toby Jones. What are they doing? The metal detecting. They are. They're out in the field with their metal detectors. Lance asks Andy if he's found anything. He says, fuck all. Three shotguns and a Blakey. I don't even know what a Blakey is. Three shotgun shells and a Blakey. Lance gets excited and he pulls up a ring pull. From an 83 Tizer. <laughs> yeah, and Andy asks, what are you excited about this? Is that people buy this shit. I believe it. Yeah, and he calls them sad, which is the kind of almost the ironic first yeah. joke. So they're sad for buying this shit, but you're the guys that are out in the field for hours fucking looking for it. <laughs> so I've never understood the hobby of metal detecting because why as we establish in this show as they go along like they almost fancy themselves like 
archaeologists. Amateur archaeologists, yeah. yeah. But most of the time when they grab shit, it is just junk. Oh, yeah. And I can't see myself committing to something like that. You know what I mean? I feel like it's something you, like, someone your age would be like, nah. And your age, another 10 years, you're like, oh, maybe not this, but a hobby like this, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm too busy just, like, going on TikTok and playing Pokemon Go, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I have no time I feel, for metal detecting. I feel like it fits in with the same kind of thing as, like, geocaching. Yes. Or, like, magnet fishing. Geocaching, I can understand more because that's, like, a fun game of hide and seek. Yeah, but I, I feel like you're going to find similar crossover with the kind of people who do it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. They talk about University Challenge, which is one of their regular topics they used to discuss. <laughs> Lance says he was too scared to say an answer out loud, even when he was alone, so it doesn't count. He said, I nearly got an answer right. <laughs> and Andy questions how. He's like, I just didn't say it out loud, and it doesn't count if you don't say it out loud. <laughs> they decide they're not going to go to the club on Thursday. They haven't explained what the club is yet, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Because uh, there's an exciting talk about buttons. <laughs> Uh, Lance talks about his ex-wife who we're going to meet. His beautiful battle axe. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, he makes a joke about that. He says, I once found this beautiful battle axe. I married her. And she left him for the manager of Pizza Hut. She did, indeed. So it comes from from somewhere between a joke to actual character development. Yeah. And he says, well, you've told that one before. So Sophie arrives, uh, played by Amy Fionn Edwards. And the only thing I recognise her from is she was in Skins. Oh. She was in one of the latest series, not the original, oh, and okay. her character was a straight girl who fell in love with a gay guy, so she tried to masculinise herself. That's all I remember. It's a very vague memory. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she asks Lance and Andy, are you metal detectors? And he's like, no, we're metal detectorists, which is an ongoing joke almost yes. every episode. Andy says he doesn't sell his finds, he doesn't agree with it, and Lance chastises him for that. Yeah, he's just constantly trying to put Andy down in front of Sophie, but as we later discover, Andy has a girlfriend, so... Yeah, they're both double their age, more, yeah. or more than in, in Lance's case, I think. Yeah. Andy's studying for an archaeology degree, and they tell Sophie about the DMDC, the Danbury Metal Detecting Club, which is where they were saying they were going to go to later. Yes. Sophie says she'll go to the talk about buttons and they both change their minds. Like yeah. sad middle-aged men. <laughs> yeah. She is half their age. She makes them feel young. Andy comes home and finds Becky, but he's come straight from the pub and Becky is a bit upset that she wasn't invited. Yeah. Even though she thinks Lance is a bit of a dick. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit of a dick. Becky is played by Rachel Sterling and we don't see in the first three episodes we're going to see, but her mum is played by Dame Diana Rigg. Oh. They are real life mother and daughter. Oh, amazing. Which is nice. And it's not the first time they've played mother and daughter on screen either. Really? They were in an episode of Matt Smith's Doctor Who era, The Crimson Horror. Which is the one where they all turn red. And they play mother and daughter in that as well. Oh. Oh. Cool, right? She's the blind girl. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you guys can't see, but my eyes have widened because I didn't realise. <laughs> Nice, right? Good, good little factoid for you. Yeah, I was going to say, Andy and Becky, this is so cute together. They are, yeah. They're I adorable. genuinely have to search up, are they actually like, married or anything? No, they, they're not. Because the chemistry is just so good. I think they're friends in real life. Yeah. They, yeah, they're not. Andy says they didn't turn on much in their metal detecting, just a ring pull. He did find a Victorian penny, but she's not interested in any yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> he does... This is like... I think this is the kind of thing you don't see in a lot of... TV shows and movies they have a real kind of 
dorky couple moment yeah. where he looks just they're kind of talking quite sincerely and because he's a guy he just looks down at the top yeah. like pulls the top back and looks down at it but she you know they've long time partners live yeah. together she just goes with it like, that's yeah. such a long term older couple thing honestly, to do honestly yeah. yeah so then it goes to Lance going into a sh- uh, shop and tries to awkwardly flirt with the shop owner and this is when I go oh it's his ex-wife yep his ex-wife Mags Played by Lucy Benjamin. Yeah. She used to be in EastEnders like ah. 20 years ago. Never uh, watched EastEnders. I did 20 years ago. My mum watched it when I lived at home. Ah, fair. And this is where you realise how much of a cuck Lance is. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. He offers to bring Magsy's copy of Purple Rain. Yes. And she's like, what? But obviously the Prince album. Yeah. Apparently he loves that song. She loves the song When Doves Cry. Lucy Benjamin, she does a great job here. She plays this hippy-dippy kind of airhead quite well yeah she calls out her new boyfriend who's played by Andy Ricks who is about two foot taller than her um he is famed for doing like characters yeah and he does <laughs> have you have you watched 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown yes have you seen the episodes where someone's pretending to be Sean Bean oh yeah that's him yeah that's Andy Ricks yeah <laughs> it's, uh, he does kind of character bits very good in this role as well I like him I was going to say like compared to how Lance is I could see why she left him <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we find out as it goes on that Tony, that's the character's name, yeah. sorry, her boyfriend, is a bit of a dick. Like, yeah. more of a dick than Lance. Lance is kind of a smart ass. Yeah. He's just a full-on... Bastard. There is a line that we don't get to. I think it's in episode four or five. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll drop it at the end. But it's uh, very good. Uh, Lance lies and pretends he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> he buys a candle, but then basically runs out of the shop. Just bins it. Dumps it straight in the bin. Right outside the shop, so she's going to find that, surely. Yeah. We cut to Andy, and he's cleaning a hospital. And he finds a button. He was obviously considering going to the, to the, the, the club buttons, meeting. Yeah. He calls Lance and says he's going to go to the meeting. And Lance calls him out on just wanting to see Sophie. <laughs> we kind of get Lance's job here. He's a forklift driver. Yes. At a fruit and veg place. And his reactions with... His interaction story with his boss that come across in especially this first series make me laugh a lot. Because he just shouts. It was like, can I do this and that? And then can I go home? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he invites Andy over for a curry before their meeting. Uh, Andy calls Becky and says, do you want to come to the curry and the meeting with me? And she's like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> do I fuck want to go to that? You know I don't want to go to either. You just feel guilty about not inviting me to the pub. <laughs> Lance steals all the veg for his curry. I know, he just steals work. inventory. Yeah, he steals it from the crates, but then he also finds a loose lettuce, yeah. under, or it might have been a cabbage or something, but under the trucks. Yeah. Which comes back into play in a bit. Now, Lance has a vintage yellow sports car. Yes. Want a little fact about the sports car? Sure. It's Mackenzie Crooks' car. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> a lot like in our Evil Dead episode, the Sam classic. Raimi bringing in his car. Uh, Mackenzie Crooks has dropped hit his own car in yeah. there. Uh, Andy comes to Lance's flat and Lance is wearing this awful apron. Just a bikini girl yeah. with camouflage, a bandolier of bullets on it. I love, I love that I'm at and he goes, something smells. And Lance goes, delicious? No, just smells. <laughs> and then he says, he's saying like nice tits or something yeah. as well. Very good. For some reason, we find out that Lance is composting, even though he's only got a flat. Yeah. And he questions that. But, you know, he also asks about the tyre track that's oh, on the lettuce leaf, yeah. which is great. And he goes, and he says, what is this? And he holds up the lettuce leaf with the tyre track. And Lance just says the brand of the tyre yeah. and, and the model number. Like, he's an unbelievable dork. Oh, yeah, it's great. He's clearly into cars and metal detecting. There he's things. Yes. <laughs> Lance has been using Google Maps and Google Earth 
to try and find out the right spots they need to detect because there's a rumoured INA settlement. <laughs> and he thinks he's found a, a potential roundhouse and then another one next to it and another one that's got like an extra entrance. And Eddie points out something. What does he point out to him? G-O-O-G-L-E. It's the Google Earth watermark. <laughs> there is no INA settlement. It's just a watermark. And he says he was fooled by this, but realised in 15 seconds. Yes. <laughs> but apparently Andy has done some actual research. Yes, Andy. Uh, he So we obviously at this point, he's the more academic of the two. He's yes. doing an archaeology degree. Lance is a hobbyist, for sure. Exactly. Andy wants to uh, find a Saxon horde, but they, uh, they've only got like some vague ideas where they think it might be. So they head off to the meeting. No, sorry, there's a line to they like going, oh, this will be the Holy Grail of finds. The Holy Grail is a Holy Grail of finds. It's going, actually, if you're being pedantic, the Ark of the Covenant is a Holy <laughs> Grail of finds. Well, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're being double. This is where you find out their friendship is full of sarcasm. Yeah. But that, they also kind of love that about each other. It's the thing that Becky hates. <laughs> exactly. They go to the DMC DC meeting and we see Terry's talk on buttons and even his own wife, Sheila, who we meet in a second, has fallen asleep while exactly. listening to it. Terry doesn't realise that everyone's fallen asleep somehow. He just keeps going on and turns on the lights. He's like, any questions? No, 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 no. We're all very bored. They discuss other clubs muscling in on their permissions. On their territory. They're, they use the word permissions, which is I think must be their lingo for the sites they're allowed yeah. to, to, talk, to look on. And one of the lines... From the character's called Russell. He's got the long beard. He says, It's those wankers from the antique researchers. <laughs> like, it's just unbelievably British about it. Just everyone's a wanker. We find out that the antique researchers are officially linked to the museum. Sophie <laughs> arrives and Terry offers to recap his button talker. They're all like, No, 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 no. Also, they say, like, We're not allowing anyone to join now. And then Sophie comes and it's like, Yeah, you can join. <laughs> Fucking neckbeards, man. <laughs> The middle-aged neckbeards over here. The guy, like, um, one of the guys like, behind Andy and Lance offers Sophie to see where she completely ignores him. Is that Hugh? I think so, yeah, yeah Hugh. Hugh's great. It's completely he's, um, it. I haven't got his name down, actually, I should, but he's in a really great film called Lion with Dev Patel. I've heard of that, yeah. And so it's a, based on a true story. Oh, I'll have to cover it. It's very good. Don't, don't. I won't spoil too it. much. But he plays his brother. He plays Dev Patel's brother. Oh, okay. It's very good. They find out uh, who the land belongs to that Andy wants to search. And it turns out that it's owned by a man, a farmer, whose wife went missing. And Terry used to be a policeman. Yeah. And he's determined that this man killed his wife and buried her on the land, but they've never been able to find it. Yeah. They, they couldn't get a warrant because there wasn't enough evidence. Sophie wants to go out on the a search with them, but Lance yeah. says that they can't go out because he's got to take Mags and her mum to bingo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sophie asks about Andy, and he says he's not married, which is a dick move. Uh, which, although true yeah. is a dick move Lance questions this yeah it's like why didn't you mention I was like, well, I was going to but we got interrupted like you would have said it immediately <laughs> yes uh, like he's like I weren't lying but mm, mm, yeah not telling the truth either they get last orders this is this is where I was like uh, this reminds me of being younger than they are they've already got four pints and the last orders were so they go get another one yeah like, lads 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 yeah, lads, lads. <laughs> Becky and Andy are sat on the sofa and Becky winds him up about seeing Fiona Bruce. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was really funny. He's, he's, like, like, he's like, no, she's just disgusting. Yeah. Turn her off. She makes me feel sick. Which I thought was really funny. She says, like, like, you spend more time with Lance than me. Yes. Yeah, so he, uh, Becky is a little uh, jealous of Lance and Andy's friendship. 
because uh, Andy says he can't make lunch with Becky's sister yeah. because if they get the permission, he's definitely going to go on to metal detect straight after. Yeah. Cut to this is a classic line. This is this line I think really shows who Lance is. Becky and Andy at the end of that scene say they're going to watch QI. Then it cuts to Lance saying, "Did you hear this?" And he's like, "I knew it was on before it was on QI. It just reminded me." Yeah. <laughs> Lance says he'll do all the talking because Andy's awkward, and uh, well, they're both pretty awkward. Yeah. And who do we meet now? Farmer Bishop. Larry. Don't call him Mr. Bishop. Larry. Right. <laughs> he always insists that he gets called Larry. He's a kooky, kooky man. Yeah, he doesn't understand what they're really asking. He offers them tea and then complains about the dogs. Uh, says that all the dogs are getting in the way and there's no dogs. There's no dogs there. It's all a bit weird. Larry's never given anyone permission to detect on his land, but there was an archaeological dig that got cancelled because of the Second World War. Yes. He says they've got permission, but they have to stay out of a certain paddock. Yes. Which is obviously slightly there's creepy. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. So Andy and Lance obviously go to detect straight away. Yeah. And they, they're they convinced they're going to find something there. And Lance does an impression. Did you did you catch this? No. Does an impression of Del Boy from Only Fools and Horses. Oh, really? says, this time next year will be millionaires. Andy wants to mark it out properly because he's an archaeologist with a grid yeah. and do it by square by square so they don't miss anything. And Lance says, fuck that, let's go. I know. And they just kind of delve into it. Lance finds something instantly. What does he find? It's a biscuit wrapper. From 1975. <laughs> and Andy just looks so defeated. Like They really thought the first thing they got found on here was going to be a coin on gold exactly. or something. Oh, exactly. That's episode one. What do you think, Tim? It's fun. Well, obviously, because this is a show where it's... Each episode builds off each other, so yeah. right now this is like just getting everything introed. Yeah, you're getting all the ducks in a line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm liking it. I think give some more wrestling terminology here. <laughs> I think I was getting too worked by Lance. Lance. I found him too annoying. Really? Like You grow I, to love him. I, I hope so, because like I'm just watching going Andy like if Andy just like did it by himself or convinced Becky to do it with him. He's had so much more fun doing it. I don't know. I think there's a bromance between those two that I can't be that can't be understated. Prob- they love each other. Those two. I I think at some at some point it just doesn't come because Lars just reminds the person who will always make a joke about someone, but then hates it when a joke is made about him. Uh, he takes jokes pretty well coming up there. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I've never seen Lars that way. Maybe because I love Toby Jones, though. I've always liked the character. I've always loved Toby. I love Toby Jones too, and I think he's just so he's so good of an actor. Maybe he was like he was too good. He's actually like, worked you, yeah. Yeah, he's done a Christian, and he's worked you fully. It's <laughs> kicking out his daughter. <laughs> don't touch the belt. <laughs> so we're going to jump into episode two, and how does it start? The same way all the episodes start of this. Detectoring. Land, uh, Landy, I was going to call him. Andy and Lance are detecting, but they're on their new permission this time. They're on and Larry's they- farm. And Andy finds a matchbox car. Doesn't think it makes sense. It's like in the middle of a farmer's field, buried. Why is there a matchbox car? And he gets incensed. Lance tells a story about a detectorist that was struck by lightning. And then what does Lance find while he's detecting? It's a, it's a Pontiac Firebird. Another matchbox car. Before he uh, grabs it, he says, the best finds appear right before a thunderstorm. <laughs> They're sitting... They, I love their little conversations they have when they're having a break Yeah, from the detecting. So they're sat on their own, normally in a field or a tree or something like that. And they have these little silly conversations, quite often about television. Yeah, And as the stories progress and get deeper, they tend to start talking about life as well. And they're okay. like kind of over 
arc in picture, but they still normally start with like a conversation about the thing they watched the night before on television. Yeah. Lance compliments his own coffee. <laughs> Lance starts to ask a question, and Andy cuts him off. And all Lance says is which, and he gets cut off by Andy going, Twin Peaks. Like, <laughs> so you don't know what the question was going to be. Yeah. That's how like, much time these two spend together. That's how in sync they are. <laughs> Lance says he wants to get the band back together. And Andy doesn't remember them being in a band. Yeah. They played once. Lance insists it was twice, but Andy's still like, I don't remember this. Yeah. And we get an introduction of a couple of new characters. The competitor to Tetris. So they are the and. Antique researchers. Yeah, antique researchers. And who do they look like? Simon and Garfunkel. They do look like Simon and Garfunkel. One of them, I forgot his name, it's the taller one. He was a recurring actor, like one of the main actors, on the Horrible History show on CBBC. So was the guy who plays Tony, uh, Maxie's boyfriend. Oh, yes. He yes. was in it a lot as well. The re- the guy, the, what I know, the guy, I can't remember his name, sorry, guy who plays, he's not really called Garfunkel, he's Phil, his yeah. character's name ends up being. He was, he played... Did you ever watch The Mighty Boosh? Yes. He was in The Flighty Zeus. Oh, yes, Zeus, yes. or whatever they were called. He was the Howard Moon equivalent. He's in the current show, Ghosts, on BBC. I haven't watched that yet, but uh, that's on my list, actually. Yeah. That looks quite good. It's, yeah, they're another pair of detectorists. Lance Slate's Garfunkel's detector. Yeah. Says he could find it in an antique shop. This is where I think... So this is what I like about Lance. Because he, he doesn't give a shit. So yeah. he's just like ripping someone he's never met before. Yeah. I like that this kind of shows they bicker with other because it's like clearly a hot thing to impede on each other's searches. Yeah. And if someone gets there before you that pisses you off. I just don't understand why there's like rival groups. Well, because if there is gold. <laughs> I know, but they're not really like reaping rewards from it. They're more like just like giving it away to get benefits and why don't they all just form one super group and then they all get the benefits well they find in a later episode so not none of these characters but uh, someone on the telly finds a gold gold with a metal detector and becomes a millionaire and they're jealous <laughs> so yeah there is there is I think there is money to be made here that's how we're going to get metal detectors and we're going to do this Lance and Andy tell the, Phil the guy who looks like Garfunkel that they've got an agreement with Farmer Bishop to split anything they find 50-50. Yeah. Which is quite good. So if they find gold, 50% of gold, that's not bad. Yeah, exactly. And Phil says, we'll have to see if we can make Farmer Bishop a more attractive proposition. And Andy says, who are you, a Bond villain? Yeah. <laughs> what I like about their jokes is they're not like super witty and super cutting. They're realistic. They're the kind of things that you would say. Exactly. That's like nice little snapbacks. Yeah. Lance says, sorry, I didn't mean to make you cry. And Phil defends her saying, it's hay fever. It's hay fever, yeah. And as Phil and, well, we'll call the Simon and Garfunkel yeah, are yeah. walking away, uh, Lance constantly shouts, didn't mean to make you cry. He's like, I'm not crying. <laughs> it's hay fever. We actually also later find out, though, that the guy, the shorter guy, his name is Paul. So yeah. like Paul Simon. Uh, but the shorter guy isn't art. He's, he's Phil. <laughs> so Andy... Um, so I, I really hope, sorry, I just wrote a note here, I really hope actual detectorists of this territorial... <laughs> <laughs> be hilarious actually. it would be I'd love to watch it exactly so Andy goes to um, Larry to tell him to not hire any rogue detectorists yeah I just love that terminology and then tells them like, they, they actually give them a name later and they're called Nighthawks yeah. yeah and then he makes a reference so Larry makes a reference to his wife's name and he goes is that your wife's name where yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Larry uh... so that says to me Already now I know, unless he's super mad, his wife is definitely alive because he's worried about her showing back yeah. up again. <laughs> Even though everyone else thinks she's dead. 
Larry throws a stick for dogs that just don't come. Exactly. Again, Lance is helping Mags unload a delivery. Yeah. Mags encourages Lance with the music getting the band, quote unquote, back together. And she says a really horrible thing to him that's meant to be nice. I used to love when you played your mandolin. Reminded me of Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tony isn't helping with the delivery because he's herniated a disc and he's a dick. Yes. <laughs> Tony asks about Lance playing at the pub and Lance kind of doesn't say whether he's going to do it or not. Yeah. Tony just says he's going back to bed. Lazy prick. <laughs> but then he also asks Maggie to come to the pub to watch them perform. Yeah, so this is where you start to see he's still... Like, we already knew it anyway, but yeah. he's still clearly in love with Mags. Uh, Andy is waiting for Becky at school. <laughs> So, sorry, I say at school. She works at a school. She's a teacher. She's a, she works at a primary school. And Andy's waiting outside, just reading his messages on his phone, just chilling. Yeah. And the police, and there's some women outside, obviously mothers, and they're talking to a policeman, and the policeman comes and questions him. Are you taking some photos there? So it's like, no, I'm no. just looking at my messages. What are you doing here? I'm just Wait waiting for, for my, my girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> what class is she in? And I can't remember what he says. She's... I think he said the chafing class. Or whatever. Uh, the chaffing. Chaffing, that's yeah. It, yeah. Chaffing class. And they said... How old is she or something? And then they, they, they Andy realizes what's going on. They think he's a pedophile. He's like, no, he's no, like, she's no, a teacher. She's the teacher. <laughs> and he says, "Oh, sorry, sir. I was making some of the mums nervous." And Becky comes out. He goes, "Do I look like a pedophile?" <laughs> and she says, "I think you look more like a he drug broke. dealer." Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Andy. That, what a horrible moment. Imagine if he was just a dad of someone at the school as well. Exactly. Andy tells Becky about the band getting back together to play at the pub and she thinks this is hilarious and he does not want her to come. No. I mean, I I would... Because we didn't even mention what the name of the band was. Fanny Magnets. Oh, yes, they call themselves Fanny Magnets. That was clearly Lance's name. Oh, yeah, he definitely come up with that. Oh, no, at this point, actually, he's asking Becky to come for moral support. He tries to stop her later. And... Later, he tries to stop her in the next episode. Becky says, I can't come. I've got 30... Stories to read and mark. Imagine their little faces if I said I went to the pub instead. And what's his response? Oh, fuck them. Yes. <laughs> and he has got another temp job cutting some grass. Yes. And he finds a frog and puts it in his pocket. And we never find out what happens to that frog. No. But I'm assuming he just takes it somewhere. Because he's, he's portrayed as a nice character. So yeah. I'm assuming he just goes and puts it in a pond. Yeah, that's what I'm in, It's on a, a grass verge between two roads. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you got to think he's just trying to help. Yeah. Lance calls Andy and asks if he likes Swedes and invites him over. It's a sweet surprise. What's, what's the surprise? How bland it is. <laughs> Surprisingly bland. <laughs> Andy's about to knock on the fish tank and Lance says, don't do that, that stresses them out. <laughs> and I wasn't going to. Andy denies he was going to do it despite the fact his finger was cocked yeah. an inch away from the glass. The other side was a fish. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Lance says he's going to back out of playing the song because he can't play while standing up. He has to sit cross-legged because that's how he practised. Andy says, I've built myself up to do it now. Let me just hear it anyway. And Lance sits down and plays the song. And it's actually quite good, but clearly about his it's ex-wife. It's an obvious song. Yeah. And he says, I'm actually astounded that it's quite good. Yeah. And he sa- uh, Lance says, it's astoundingly good. No, no, no. I'm just astounded Sounded. that That's it's quite good. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go to the meeting. And they're talking about different detectors. Yeah. Uh, Sophie is there. She mentions the dig site. Yeah, so she already knows more than they thought she was going to know. Yeah, but because th- Lance suspects Andy told her. And Andy doesn't remember telling her. Yeah. Well, because he didn't. Because <laughs> he didn't. There was a fatality at the DMDC three years ago, we find out. Yes. Uh, 
Didn't he accidentally step on a landmine? No. no, they don't tell you what it is, actually, I don't think. Okay. Uh, Andy and Lance lie to Terry, say they're still doing research because they want to be the ones to find anything first time. So they've yes. already detected and they're, they're lying about that. Their find stable is amazing. It's got the two cars they found earlier. Uh, Spoon from Little Chef. Terry's quite upset about this. Andy and Sophie go for a little walk after they leave. Uh, they're going to the pub. I think, obviously, Lance is just ahead of them. Yeah. Sophie realises Andy's actually smart because she's a uni student doing archaeology yeah. and she thought they were all just like silly hobbyists but he's obviously doing a similar thing, he's doing a degree. Is this when he complains about the name Antiquitas? The Antiquitas Researchers, Researchers, yeah. Just that they're two words rammed together. Yes, but anti- Antique and Researchers together. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There's not even a wordplay, there's not a pun. Lance practices how he's going to introduce the song. It's I all know. a little bit tragic. He's like, you can tell he's madly still in love do with you start feeling for Lance yet at this point I felt I felt bad for him because yeah. he clearly has not seen that Maggie has moved on or he has and he's just not accepting it I think is the, yes. uh, the problem but you do you start feeling more for the character now because you yeah. said you didn't like him like I, I still feel for him but I, I still think in a way he's kind of sort of a dick but like he's also just someone who's hurt yeah, you you kind of see. I think it's quite clever writing by Mackenzie Crook that yeah. clearly the way the the reason Lance is closed off and he's quippy yeah. is because he's probably in a fragile state in exactly. that respect. Yes, Andy tells Becky about the song and she thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> she mocks. Uh, this is really great. She mocks Andy for always staring at the floor and missing stuff. Yeah, that's actually uh, ahead of him because he's always I, looking for like trinkets I was finding this quite mean because I felt like she was pointing like an insecurity of Andy's he wasn't like laughing it off he looked quite sad you know when like someone makes a joke it's upset them and they keep going they're not realising it is a little it's a little pushy but I think when you're in a long term couple yeah. you can point out your partner's fo- foibles because yeah. she doesn't she's not like an ha 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 yeah, ha yeah. pointing at him she's giggling along pointing out his little furball and she's yeah. actually being quite close to him yeah. and I think she's trying to bring him in on the joke but he's just having none of it you are right he's not happy about yeah. it Yeah. but she's not wrong because yeah. it cuts to their metal detecting and the planes are flyover. There's a red arrow flyover of seven planes, and they completely miss it. Because Sophie's like, "Oh, was that for me? Like, was what for you?" <laughs> Sophie arrives with some notes about where the stuff could be, but no one remembers telling her where the permission is. Yeah, and Lance is still just like, "You told her when we were on the walk." He's like, "No, I didn't." They find they keep finding loads of nails on the ground, obviously yes. setting their detectors off. Uh, and at this point, you know, it's suspicious. Sophie thinks the Saxon King is not buried where they're checking. Lance disagrees. Uh, says uh, the thing, the, the reference that she's using is overrated. And as they're in the middle of this argument, who does Lance spot? The antique researchers. Simon and Garfunkel are hiding in the grass. Just literally prone in the grass. Now, this is the bit that I thought might be thinking, because this is only, the first year is only 2014, not yeah. that long ago. And they constantly make kind of homophobic jokes towards them yeah because he walks over to them and says morning ladies having a cuddle which is I think none of it is like aggressive but it's very dated yeah yeah it's not like horrible I still feel like comedies now would still make that kind yeah, of yeah don't get me that's what I mean it's not aggressive yeah it's, like, it's, it's not, definitely not aggressive it's not like we're like going oh we're going to put you down because you're gay it's just more just like there are two hetero men yeah, who are spending close. a lot of time together, so they got, you've got to wind them up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lance pretends to call, call the, the police, police on Simon and Garfunkel. And he's like, I know you're not really on the phone. 
I know you're not really on the phone. And when he points out that they look like Simon and Garfunkel on the phone, they both look surprised, yeah. which I find really funny. Like, no one's made that comparison before. Sophie looks confused, yes. quote-unquote. And Larry arrives saying, don't worry, the dogs are friendly. There's still no dogs. Exactly. <laughs> Larry has bought trinkets that were found when the fields were being ploughed 40 years ago, I think he says. Yes. And Lance looks shocked, but doesn't tell them what they are. Yeah. Because... It's gold, as yes. we find out in a second. Larry does tell them not to go down to that paddock. Yeah. Absolutely. Andy and Sophie say they have to tell Larry the truth, but Lance is like, nah. Yeah. yeah. We'll tell him later. And also, he, they also don't need to report it because they never found it. Yeah, exactly. Try to find loopholes. Lance says the field will be... F- the field, as in the, the grass field, yeah. will be filled, as in full of, <laughs> yeah. researchers that will ruin their finds. Exactly. Lance defends, you say, defends what he's saying by saying, you know, we have no responsibility, we didn't find it. And what does he find straight away? One final Matchbox car. Just the last one. There's a really great shot here, though, from inside the hole. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. He's also got this little um, probe metal yeah. detector, which I quite like. Because yeah. we see Andy later, and he doesn't have one. He just uses it, he pulls out clumps of dirt and uses it, puts, just puts them underneath his big one. Yeah, exactly. I like Lance's little one. Lance's got like a little flak jacket that's filled with gizmos and gadgets. It's like his little magnifying glasses. It's, like, it's on a there. massive hobby to Lance. He takes it really seriously while Andy does it because it's fueling his research. Well, I think also Andy might have more, but his skin. Whereas yeah. forklift drivers get paid well. I think they, uh, Mackenzie Crook was very clever in choosing that job for Lance. Yeah. Because it's not heavily involved. It's not. Uh, strictly academic yeah. but it's a skilled job that gets paid well yeah. which shows you Lance's lifestyle and how also he can don't afford... they say that Lance has a more superior model to uh, oh yeah Andy's. he's also got several he hasn't yeah, just exactly. got one either he's not minted but he has enough to he's a single something. man with a flat who has a well paid job yeah it's yeah. It, it kind of there's a very subtle going this is why like, he can afford this stuff because he's got this yeah, exactly. very skilled manual labour job and well, there's a little note here that I liked in the credits, they're actually called, because they haven't given them names yet, the, the two antique researchers, the credits are attributed to Paul and Art because they haven't given the characters' names yet or haven't revealed the characters' names yeah, They obviously yeah. don't want to spoil that. What do you think? Episode two? I thought it was a good one. Yeah? Yeah, I think everything's like, everything's like starting to build up. I feel now. like we've introduced almost all the characters now because we added the extra layer of Simon and Garfunkel. Yes. And we added Mags and Tony. Exactly. So you've kind of almost got the world now. Yeah. I feel like everyone's like, it's all coming in and now like, as we'll see in the next episode, and, all just layers on top of each other. And, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, episode three, how do we open? <laughs> I had to rewind this just as a preface because I had to double check yeah, what happened. episode two. <laughs> no, that what that was. So Addy's metal detecting and he picks up a Jim will fix it badge. Yes, he does. And are we allowed to talk about this? Well, this is after all the scandal. I know, but... So it's a joke where... Like, I know, but are we allowed to talk about this? Like, can we... Do we want to explain to people who might not get the joke? If any of our non-UK-based listeners are listening, Jimmy Savile was a very horrible, horrible man who was a TV presenter and he wasn't outed for all the horrible things he did till after he died. He presented a show called Jim Will Fix It and he used to get a medal that said Jim fixed it for me if you were on it. If you really want to know the horrible shit he did, you can Google Jimmy Savile. Yeah. If you don't, just know he was a horrible, horrible man. Thank you, because we don't. I don't want to go into detail. No, but me. So, so Andy has the appropriate response. Throws it away. Just throws it back into the field. Because we, there's another episode later on that we haven't covered in here, but they find a blankety-blank checkbook, which is, in a weird way, a similar ilk from a, a, a bygone TV show. Yeah. 
and they say that obviously they can sell that online, but there's no way you're selling this. Yeah, exactly. And if anyone's going to buy it, they're clearly a miserable prick. Exactly. Lance and Andy want Larry to remember where the gold was found up. They're chatting to themselves about this, but he can't remember. Lance is worried, and he tells Andy to keep his voice down, and uh, Andy just shouts. There was gold found here yeah. 40 years ago. There's no one for two miles around. And then what does Andy find? He finds some coins, doesn't he? he finds 20p. Yeah. <laughs> but then they go to the pub and Andy pays with dirty coins. Yeah, so there's later episodes where Lance says, oh, I found like 13 quid in this field in coins from like a car boot sale or whatever. So this is often the thing they clearly find modern coins quite yeah. regularly. Well, I think that's the thing that happens. Like you're just walking through the fields, might change just falls out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's see some more here. So Andy's a vegetarian, but he's eating pork scratchings because uh, he doesn't. He thinks they're just pork flavored, like like something like smoky bacon crisps or something. Or like, was it razzles? 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 Yes. Yeah. And he's like, and so like Lance says, "Not fried pig skin." He's like, what? When did this happen? <laughs> like, it's always been like that. So he's always eating those. Yeah. And Becky seems intelligent as well. Well, she's obviously intelligent. Yeah, but I, maybe he hasn't eaten them around her. Maybe yeah. like a post. Yeah. Like, well, we've seen he doesn't always invite her to the pub. Exactly. So they they've explained here that the gig they're going to do quite quick is an open mic night. Yeah. But Lance still can't stand up, <laughs> and he says, you know, it might be my thing. Like there's, you know, my gimmick. Yeah, my gimmick. And Andy thinks this is pretentious. Yeah. He says it's not pretentious because if I'm doing it and I can stand up, that's pretentious. But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point. It is. I get that. Simon and Garfunkel come in, and they somehow know about the gold that Larry has got. Obviously, because Andy shouted it. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and they were like hiding in the uh, in the bushes. So he gives them 12 days to report But it. he even knows that Larry showed them. Yeah, exactly. Which is very... Uh, so they Suspicious. were either very close or they bugged something. Yes. Um, he All claims they have no responsibility to sell and they're arguing yeah. about that. They still deny they know about it, which is really great. Paul talks for the first time. and Christ, they, he can talk. And it's like, are you going to get in trouble? <laughs> you spoke. <laughs> uh, again, they're referred to as a couple again. Yeah, uh, they haven't figured out who the rat is, which is silly of them. But my first is when uh, Paul leaves, like you always like to have the last word, don't you? And Lance goes, "No." <laughs> That's a good little joke. Uh, Lance and Andy say they need to get the whole DMDC involved because the quicker they can search for, yeah. possibly the permission gets taken away. Obviously, the more they can find. Uh, they go to Terry's house and he's sorting his buttons, which is obviously he's got an obsession with buttons. <laughs> Sheila like predicts that they're going to arrive. This is never elaborated on again. I thought she was just I because I saw her like looking towards the door. Oh, maybe she was looking towards. So the door. I think it was just a um like translucent door. So she just saw the shape of the people, but didn't know who they were. Yeah, because she describes them as two arriving, one short and one thin. Yeah, <laughs> which is an apt description of the two. Yes, yeah, so I think she just saw their silhouettes. No, oh, maybe yeah. Terry tells them that he's reordering his coins, and this really reminds me of like. Uh, Lance even says it later yeah. about like women not understanding men's hobbies, but you, we, you haven't watched High Fidelity yet, no. but we are going to watch it as part of this. It's on my list, and the main character in that he sits and reorders his record collection multiple times. Really? Yeah. This really reminded me of that, like the men's hobbyist. Yeah. Reorganizing their collection. I was gonna say so when they start making the plan on how to like they're gonna go to the food yeah. thing, it's just quick cuts between close-ups of each other. Yeah, it's quite it, nice. It's filmed so weirdly, but like it's almost disorienting in a weird way. But I like it. I think it's because they're throwing information as well at the yeah. same time. Because they tell Terry about the gold, and 
he just wants to know what happened to Larry's wife. That ex-copper in him is still yeah. coming out. They have to keep putting it off till various reasons, till like the Friday. Yeah. And if that was me, I genuinely couldn't wait that long. I'd be no. like, let's just all go individually. Exactly. The days we can't go, you don't go, but I'm going. Exactly. That's so dumb. Just go. <laughs> Sheila makes them homemade lemonade. And it's so lemony they basically can't function. Exactly. I just remind, remember the Simpsons episode. Where they eat the lemon. <laughs> yeah. Shelbyville. They go to Shelbyville. <laughs> Lance visits Mags' shop. And she she can't remember being told about the show. But she comes out adjusting her dress. Saying she's just been in the back. He bought her a copy of Purple Rain. Like he said he would in the yeah. first episode. And she's like, can't remember that either. And we see that Tony's naked in the back of the shop. When she says she can't remember about the gig, Lance Neely says, fuck Tony, but he says, uh, forget Tony. And what does Mags ask Lance to do when he leaves? Flip over the close sign. So they can keep fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think Lance realised, which is weird. Like, he's just clearly blocking it out. Uh, yeah, I think he's in denial. Like, I think he knows something's happening, he just doesn't yeah. want to accept it. Lance and Andy practice their song with Andy playing guitar. Yes. Uh, Lance decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. I think they're sounding alright, though. Yeah, I just don't think they just don't want to do it. There's a quite harsh cut here, though. Andy says he's looking forward to it to clearly bring his friend back up. And what happens? Just cuts to him holding a bottle of wine to bed saying, please don't come. It's going to be awful. You're going to go off of me. I I burst out laughing when I saw I couldn't stop laughing. No, I think Andy is a bit shit to Becky, but I don't think he's there's any intention behind it most of the time. I think he's so involved in his hobby. Yeah. And he's so thankful that he's got her. Yeah. He's like, if she sees the worst of me, this is going to be bad. I sure already knows the worst yeah. of him. He's a metal detectorist. Uh, Andy and Lance show up in the pub with their gear, ready to do their little gig. Yeah. Lance asks Andy if he's met Tony. Max's boyfriend, and he goes, massive knob. Has he? Has he? And he's like, no, he is one. (laughs) That's so good. That's such a good joke. Uh, Lot says he's posted about the gig on Facebook, and that's when Andy really gets worried. Yeah. Because people might show up, and uh, a particular duo show up. Yeah. And this is when they start to realise, oh no, we're in the antique researchers' pub. Yeah, so it seems that each of them have got a pub, and they've realised that they're directly opposite the WI, which is where they meet on a Thursday. Sophie so, Walk enters and she says hi to someone and then Andy responds I think it's t- to him obviously and then she goes oh you're here he's like yeah you're here for the gig yes the gig the gig yes definitely the gig that I am here uh, for Andy uh, has a line here it's a reference to something else did you catch it hmm. he says it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy oh the Star Wars it's reference a Star Wars reference now this is if, as a viewer, if you didn't get that Sophie was part of the enemy, now you must do now, right? Up to yeah, this point. yeah. The DMD all show, up, all DMDC all show up at once, and well, they have to do their song because there's to. a million people. But Becky is at home and she has something in a pharmacy bag, and she looks annoyed. Yes, because <laughs> it is a pregnancy test, and she looks very upset about the result. Yeah. So someone else performs on the open mic night first. John Pipers. Yes. Who is actually, I know this fact, he actually is the guy who sings the main titles. He is, because it's the same song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just sings yeah. the longer version, you know? Yeah, yeah, It's a song, so he's actually a friend of Mackenzie Crooks. Yeah. Uh, who is, a, he's an artist. 
And Mackenzie just asked him to write a song. Said this song is custom written for the show, but there is a long version of it, and it's like it's a nice little song. I think it's nice. It would yeah. fit nicely on something like the Garden State soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the MC for this open mic night is shit. Oh yeah. Uh, Becky, we see Becky taking the test, and also see that she finds something in Andy's clothes. She finds Sophie's number written on a beer mat. Oh. She looks worried, and presumably it's now she's seen this a lady's number written down in a pocket of Andy's, and, and she's got she, a positive pregnancy test. And she has been denied to come to the open night night. Yeah, so she thinks, you know, putting all these pieces together. Yes, she's uh, thinking Andy's cheating on her. At last, Andy get on stage, and Lance puts a stool on the stage with a pillow on it and sits cross-legged. <laughs> he does look like Kermit. Oh, Mackenzie Crook is left-handed. It's upsetting me. I don't know why. <laughs> Playing guitar left-handed looks Devil so... Spawn. It just looks weird. Because <laughs> I've got like some uh, some of my friends are left-handed and they all play guitar right-handed. I don't know why. So the people who actually fully go for it and play it left-handed, I respect them and also find it weird. If I make a video of this clip, I'll flip it for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the DMDC actually look impressed at the song. Yeah. I've said here actually this this version this song could fit on the Garden's their song that is could fit on the Garden State soundtrack or the Juno soundtrack I can see that that would work yep definitely Sophie holds Andy's hand after they come off as a yeah sort of a well done and a comfort yeah and what happens Becky walks in and is not happy oh that's awkward man <laughs> so Andy's like I'll get you a drink blah 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 and she asks for an orange juice yeah. which is also weird but as he's doing that Becky's like yeah I'm just gonna go home actually blah blah. Walks back and just seen that Becky has clearly thrown her thrown a drink at Sophie. We actually find out in the next episode, or the episode after, it's definitely series one, that it's three pints. She threw three pints on her. Drew it, just dropped them on her. So in a future episode, I won't tell uh, Are you going to watch it? I'll probably watch it. I won't spoil it too much, but they're going to a pub quiz, and Andy wants Sophie and Becky to get along. Yeah. And we find out that... Sophie says it was three pints she dropped. Oh no, Becky says, oh, I'm really sorry, I've dropped three pints on your head. It was an accident. <laughs> and then Andy asks, anyone want a drink? And he points at Sophie and says, pint? And she goes, three please. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both quipping back and forth at each other. Yeah, uh, so she stop- So he chases after her going, oh shit. Um, she's like, yeah, you're clearly cheating on me. Well, Becky isn't having any of it. Um, yeah. Because of the clues linked together. Quite rightly because of the clues. And he has been a bit shady, but yeah. we do know that he hasn't done anything. No, he's just stupid. Yeah. The DMDC meet on the site, well, they're supposed to, yeah. except just Terry shows up. Yeah. And he goes straight to the place where he was told not to go. Yeah. It's like, you two go to where you're meant to go, and I'll go there. Plausible deniability. I Yeah, I haven't spoke to him. I'll pretend that I didn't know. Yes. So he just clearly wants to solve the unsolved case. Yes. Terry gives them a walkie-talkie, and they take the piss. <laughs> yeah. There's a montage of them all detecting, and Lance and Andy talk about Mastermind. And so, apparently someone says a kangaroo is the official bird of New Zealand, which is really funny, especially as I'm very good friends with an Australian and he would hate that. Hey, uh, mini Matt. <laughs> oh, he doesn't listen. Although Keely listens and they work together, so Keely, you can tell them. Uh, Lance and Andy call in to Terry to call it a day. Yeah. And he uh, Terry actually actively waits for Lance to say over yeah. before he stops listening. Exactly. Terry thinks he's onto something because he's got a, a reading. And what happens? He activates the bomb. <laughs> there is an explosion and it turns out that there's an old World War Two bomb and that is why Larry did not want them be- yes. uh, digging down there. Which I called. You thought it was going to be a bomb, yeah? I knew it was going to be a bomb. Yeah, well, well done you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And that's the end of episode three. What did you think? I feel it's really good. Yeah, real good, right? Yeah, it's, it gets... I think the show, once it, like everything like falls in place and it just starts building momentum, I yeah. think it just gets better and better. It's a beautiful slow build of characters and moments and yeah. you're not slapped in the face with a character back yeah. backstory in the first episode. It's built. It goes on as well. Sophie ends up being a great character. Yeah. She... She gets development. <laughs> yeah, she flips on the yeah. on the antique researchers as well. I was gonna say like I like um I always say like I've always liked McKenzie Crook ever since like back in the original Office. Yes, he's very good in that. He's very good in that. The Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously. Yeah. So he's always been good at playing these like characters. Yeah, Mackenzie Crook's a very good comedic actor. Yeah. And he wrote this as well, which is super impressive. Yeah, and he wrote so both him and Toby Jones' strengths as well. Yeah, I, th- I don't know uh, if Toby was uh, attached from the beginning, but. He's definitely a good yeah, person so, to play. So glad they got him. Yeah, me too. Whether he was written for him or not, it's just good that he's there. I mean, he's uh, even if it wasn't written for him, you knew, you know, like he just read the scripts and goes, "Okay, I can make this work. I'll smash this." Exactly. And the good thing about comedy as well is that there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to just the gags. Yeah. And if you're a talented enough kind of actor and comedian, they'll let you. They'll let you improv, yeah. and they may even keep it in. Exactly. Yeah. As long as you do a version with the written version first, I think. <laughs> yeah. So good. I'm glad you like the Detectorist. I was. This is one of those ones that is very understated, and yeah. I think some people have trouble with that because they yeah. hear it's supposed to be a comedy, and they're like, "Well, I'm not bawling my eyes out, crying with laughter." But I was when we were watching it. I was thinking about all the other, most of the other comedies we've watched, like Bored to Death, Shrinking, even Barry. Yeah, they've always been like. I feel like understated comedies like ones that we seem to gel with the most. I agree, but what I think about this one is, I think this this is probably more understated than all of those. Yeah, because it's very uh, British. Yes, it is, especially shrinking. Because shrinking, shrinking's quite in your face. Yeah. With although it's very realistic characters, they swear a lot. That this yeah, yeah. isn't like that. This is very British. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of um, this country as well. Yeah. Again, the, the characters aren't as daft as this country. Yeah. Kerry and Curtin are a lot. A lot crazier than these guys yeah <laughs> these are more grounded for sure absolutely yeah yeah good i'm glad you liked it <laughs> so what are we doing next time tim oh wait i know what we're doing <laughs> next time, tim. come on you can tell everyone else Woo! let's finish this <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up our little mini evil series Dead of within Fong. a series slash over two series yes our evil dead of Fong, our our one that has branched into season two <laughs> One thing that we pointed out in the last episode, well, there's going to be two major things that happens with DC, but the one thing that we pointed out with the last episode was how, in Evil Dead 2, they embraced the kookiness yes. like, of what the first Evil Dead was. We are now going to take a look at the most two recent movies, and they went in the opposite direction, let's say. Okay. So with the first one we're going to look at is the Evil Dead remake made in 2013. And when I say the Evil Dead remake, I mean they recreate the first movie. But they go the other way, where they go full horror. Is Sam Raimi make this one? No, it was produced by Sam Raimi. But yeah, so 2013 was directed by Fede Alvarez. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, we're going to completely remake the first one, but go full on the horror and literally no comedy. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> it is a shame. But then we're going to look at, I think this is probably the most recent thing we've looked at now. Evil Dead Rise. Okay. Which was directed by Lee Cronin in his second feature film. Only second. Only yeah. second. And this one is it's a darker take on it, but it's it has, it has elements of dark humour which I yeah. think you'll appreciate. And 
This one's not set in a cabin in the woods. It's set in a high-rise apartment. Okay. And as you know, Bobby, I've uh, been obsessed with this movie. Yeah, you've watched it like 12 times in the cinema or something. I, four times. Let's not, <laughs> not, not over-exaggerate. Come on, I'm not that obsessed with it. Liar. But, yeah. <laughs> So these are also the first. These are also two movies that were not handled by Raimi. He produced okay. them, but he had no input on the script. He wasn't hands on. He wasn't hands on with it. So it's, it'll be interesting to see your reaction to these movies when there's no Raimi involvement. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And also modern technology. To... <laughs> yes, modern film technologies. So yeah, we'll be covering those in two weeks. Awesome. If you want to find me on the socials. I am B Davies underscore creative. You can find me on Instagram and threads. I've been trying to use that. Uh, you can also find Purpose Wrestling, which I co-produce with my good buddy David Francisco at Purpose Wrestling everywhere except Twitter slash X, which is Wrestle Purpose because someone stole the handle. Follow us on YouTube as well and Patreon one or the other because you could be a member on either of those and get some good content. Uh, where can we find you, Tim? You can find me on all the socials at the Tim Martini. Oh, so egotistical. Of course, of <laughs> course I am. And if you want to follow the podcast on both Instagram and Threads, oh, and the TikTok, of course, we are at CC Society Pod. And if you'd like to send us an email, it's ccsocietypod at gmail.com. I've been Tim Martini. I'm Bobby Davis. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.